0: Praise the Lord. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Glad to see everybody here this morning. Uh, we're going to take a little di- bit different route this morning. I uh, got up this morning. I've done some studying, and uh, I thought, well, this is this is what I'm going to teach on this morning. And uh, I got up and I went in and took a shower and got ready to come to church and went in and sat down, went for time to leave. And the Lord got to dealing with me on something else. So uh, I've done a little bit, uh, very little study on this. I've read over some of it. But, you know, I, I, I trust the Lord enough to know that when he gives me something, he's got a reason. And no matter if I have got to study on it a whole lot or not, he's in control, and I just, I just trust in him, and he will take over, and he will give us exactly what we need. But let's go to Matthew chapter 27. We're going to be starting in verse 11. Matthew 27, 11. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hear, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee, And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that the feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release to you, Barabbas? or Jesus, which is called Christ. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife said unto him, saying, Have nothing, have thou nothing to do with that man, just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. And the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas, and destroy Jesus. And the governor answered and said unto them, Whither of the twain shall ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Let us pray. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I, th- I count it a privilege, Lord, to, be st- to stand and to be used of you, dear God. Now, God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch my mind, touch my lips, dear God. Give me the words, dear God, and the ability to speak those words, dear God, that you may be lifted up. Lord, that we may touch someone and help someone, dear God. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. Now this morning, we're going for a little while, we're going to look at Barabbas. Uh, I don't know of ever teaching on Barabbas, um, and I can't remember a message. There probably has been, I just don't remember it but uh this is the one that the people wanted released that day now this this feast that they were in it was always customary for uh the governor and and all of the people to release one prisoner and uh we got we got to really take a look at Barabbas and see just exactly who he was uh but When we look at Passion Week, we are rightly to look at the work of Jesus, even as focused on individuals, uh, like the disciples. Pilate, yet a character we rarely give any attention to, is uh, Barabbas, the man who was freed in place of Jesus. Who was Barabbas? Of all the the characters in the appearance of uh, Passion Week, Barabbas is one of the few. That's in all four of the Gospels. He's in Matthew chapter twenty-seven, Mark chapter fifteen, Luke chapter twenty-three, and John chapter eighteen. But who was he? At the time, at this time in Israel history, the people were anxiously looking for the Messiah, and who would restore their former glory and free them from Roman impre- oppression. Because of this, many individuals arose, taking on the moniker only to fall flat on their face. Now, there's a lot of people that rose up saying that they was the Messiah to follow me. And just like it is today, there's people out there in the world that think they that they are God and uh, they have got the right for everybody to follow them and pay them homage and everything and... and uh, Still yet, I have not seen a one of them that ever died and came back from the grave. Not a one of them. And there's been many that had made the statement that they would, and they never have. Of all the ones that we serve, that the world serves today, there has only been one that was crucified on a cross, was put in a tomb, and on the third day he arose and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. There's only been one. Muhammad didn't do it. Buddha didn't do it. Any of the others, they didn't do it. But Christ did. But Barabbas was a he was uh a no, he was notorious, a rebel, a murderer, an insurrectionist, and a robber. His his chief job was to overthrow the Roman government. Self appointed. And he went around and he, he got the people together and like they are doing now, and they, they're having all their different riots and uh, they're, they're trying to make people to come and follow them in their endeavors to overthrow the government, to uh, be stand out and the people to look at them and to worship them and tell them what a good job that they're doing. And the whole time, they're, they're doing everything that they can against God, against our Savior and our uh, Lord Jesus Christ. They are doing everything they can against him, and they have no idea exactly what it is to mean to be a child of God. And the thing about it is, is Barabbas knew exactly who he was. He did these things because he liked it. This is what he wanted to do. This is the thing that he looked forward to to doing every morning when he got up was going out and, and causing trouble. What was Barabbas' place in this narrative? In each of the gospel accounts, we're told Pilate wanted to release Jesus. Pilate knew that Jesus had done absolutely nothing wrong. And he couldn't get Jesus to uh, deny the charges that were against him, Jesus said nothing except for thou sayest. That's the only thing that Jesus said the whole time that he was on trial here. Finding no wrong in him, deserving no death or imprisonment, uh, yet no chastisement or anything like that, but yet wanting to avoid another revolt. He wanted to... He knew that the people was against Jesus for why he did not know the man had done nothing wrong, and yet they they were against him. And the crowd kept insisting on Jesus' death. He said, all right, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to give them a choice. Surely I'm going to pick out the worst man in prison, and I'm going to let tell them that I'll either release him or I'll release Jesus. So he picked out Barabbas. Like I said, he was, a, he was notorious, a rebel, a murderer, an insurrectionist, a robber. He'd done everything to be thought of. And he was in prison to die because of that. So he said, I'm going to pick him. And Jesus and Barabbas, both he had the people knew how evil Barabbas was. So it should have been obvious that Jesus would have been the easy choice. He's, Jesus hasn't stolen anything. He hasn't uh, killed anybody. So they'll choose him over a murder. Wrong. I mean, let's look at the world today. We, You know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that has been, everything that's going on today has been at some time or other. And it, I mean, we, the people have gotten so bad back then that they wanted to kill the one person that they were waiting on to come and save them. And... They were looking for the Messiah. He was standing there in front of him, and they were all hollering crucify him, just like the world is today. The world is looking for something. They are looking for some peace. They are looking for some enjoyment. They are looking for something in their life that they really don't know what they're looking for, but they're looking for it in all the wrong places. They're looking in the world. They are looking in in their drugs, and their sex, and their alcohol, their writings, their, their money, and everything of the world. They are looking for what it is that the Lord can give them, and he gives it to them freely. All they have to do is ask, but yet we haven't got enough Christians prayed up, studied up enough to know to tell these people exactly what to do. Yes, I'm in that same I'm in that same place myself. But you know the thing about it is is I realize it and I'm trying to do something about it. But these people these the crowds ask for Barabbas, Barabbas' release and demands Jesus crucifixion. So Pilate obliges and frees Barabbas, the murderer, the insurrectionist, washes his hands of any guilt in the matter, and Barabbas, no longer getting the death sentence he deserved, was now a free man who could go about his way and do the same things that he had done before. Now then, we as human, as mankind, we are in a position to choose life, or choose death. I'm not talking about physical life. I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about spiritual life or spiritual death. Jesus died upon the cross for us. This was all set in plan. even Barabbas, even Judas. It was all of God's plan to get Jesus upon the cross. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen that day. He knew that he was going to die upon the cross. He knew that he was going to be whipped upon the post. He knew all these things. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he went in there to pray, he went in there to pray because he knew these things were going to happen to him, and he had to have some some, uh, relief, had to have his mind uh, at ease about what was going on because this was tormenting him. Listen, let me tell you something. Jesus was human. He, had all, he felt all the same things that we felt, all the pains, all the hunger, all the uh, different things that we feel today. He felt every one of them, and he knew what, what he, the end of his life was going to be, and it, it bothered him a lot. So he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he got down and he prayed to the Father. Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, I, if I, God, if there's any possible way, I, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through all the suffering and all the pain and all the humiliation. I don't want to go through all of this, God. If there is any other way, God, make a way and so that I won't have to go through this. But then he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Give us, give us Barabbas, crucify Jesus. Give us the one that is murdering and, and has the uprising and has everybody in tum- turmoil and confused and everything. Give us him Let then crucify Jesus. Crucify the one that we are looking for to come and save us crucify the one that will save us from our sins and and show us a better way take his life but give us a murderer we are Barabbas today I mean let's let's just look back over our lives how many times have we rejected the Lord how many times have we uh, wanted nothing to do with the lord and we have Uh, caused insurrections, uprisings in the churches and uh, amongst our brothers and sisters. And how many times have we murdered spiritually by saying things or doing things to other Christians and led them out? that They don't come back into the church no more. But yet, Jesus died upon the cross for each and every one of us. He hung upon that cross for each and every one of us. Bible tells us our hearts are wicked and seeking evil at all times. We don't want to do good. We want to do evil. We want to have fun. We don't want to have to do work. We don't want to have to uh, be good and, and to love our neighbors and all this stuff. It is, it's a whole lot easier for us to hate our neighbors and make fun of them and laugh at them and, and do them wrong and cheat them and lie to them and all this than it is to do good to them, love them, help them. Help them when they're down. But yet, on the same note, we think everybody should help us and everybody should lift us up when we are down. And when we have financial problems, we think other people should help us, but we don't want to help them. We are all in this, are sinners in God's eyes. All have come short of the glory of God. All of us who rebel against his commands. Not only that, but we rob God every day of his glory and harbor murder in our hearts. We rob God of his glory. How do we rob God of his glory? Because when we do something good, we want everybody to know exactly what we've done. When we pray for somebody, we want everybody to know when that person gets touched that we're the one. I was want one prayed for them. I was one spent time. I got up in the middle of the night and prayed for them. That was me. The Bible said that's like the Sadducees that stand on the, on the street corner and pray all their big long prayers and everything so that they can be seen. That's the only glory that they'll ever get. It's those things that we do in secret. It's those times that we we get off in the corner by ourselves somewhere in the closet where nobody can see us and nobody can hear us but God, and we pray for somebody. We really, really get down and we weep and we pray and we pour our hearts out to God for somebody. In short, we're just as bad as Barabbas. Deserving of every just penalty that God brings our way. Our outward deeds might not be as um, heinous, uh, as bad as, as Barabbas' but our hearts are just as rebellious and sinful. How many times in the last month has God wanted you to do something and you haven't done it? But yet we say, I'd I never rebel against God. I'd I do everything that the Lord wants me to do. But yet when we're in Walmart or the grocery store and the Lord tells us to go up and pray for somebody, what do we do? We start making excuses and we don't do it. Rebellious. Stubborn. Lord, people make fun of me. People think I'm crazy. Well, let me tell you some. If you're a child of God, people think you're crazy anyway. Silent. Jesus took Barabbas' place and died in his in his stead. Never said but those two words, "Thou sayest." It's all he said. When him, when Pilate asked him, or the governor asked him, "Art thou the King of the Jews?" And Jesus, the only thing Jesus said, "Thou sayest." You know, it, it's. <laughs> I know in, in in myself anyway. Even though some of the things I've done, um, when they when they're brought to my attention, I I want to defend myself. I I want. To, I've always got something to say, a reason to give for what I did. Jesus had done nothing, was, couldn't, was accused of a lot, but yet said nothing. He could have, if I'd have been in Jesus' place at that time, I'd have had a mouthful to tell a bunch of people. But Jesus stood there as a lamb to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. But there was a man. Jesus should have been the one that was walking away a free man. But it was a criminal, Barabbas, whose trespasses were forgiven. So Jesus goes to Golgotha. He hangs upon the cross where he was crucified between two thieves who very likely could have been Barabbas' companion. He they, those two could have just as easily been with Barabbas, and Barabbas should have been that third man on that cross, but the, the people, the ones that were looking for the Messiah, the ones that were looking for the Savior, crucified, the very one that could save them. How many times have we been looking for the Lord in everything of our own imagination? How many times have we been looking for the Lord to help us, to heal us, to save our lost loved ones, to do something to fix our finances, to fix something else that's going on in our life? We're looking for the Lord to to work in that. And all the time that we're looking for Him to help us, we are, actually condemning him because we are in the place that we are in. It's his, it's Lord's fault that we are in this place that we're in. It's God's fault that we are, the things that is coming against us are in our life. It's his fault. But yet we're, we're, we're praying to the Lord to help us in our problems, and all the time we're we're saying that it's his fault. So make up your mind. Do you want him to help him or do you want to to blame him for the position that you're in? Jesus Jesus not only took Barabbas' place that day, but he also took our place. Wages of sin are death. We should have been dead a long time ago. We should have been in hell a long time ago. But Jesus said, no, no, that's not going to happen. Not, no, no, can't happen. So this, at this point, Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross for our sins. And let me, let me re- reiterate, Jesus was human at that time. He was born to a virgin. He was human. He felt everything that we felt. He felt every, every lash of the whip. He felt the thorns go into his head as they put the crown of thorns upon his head. He felt everything that was done to him. Every slap, every pluck of his beard, everything that was done to him, he felt it. He felt the nails go in his hands and his feet. But you know what? After it was all over with and he was hanging on that cross he looked over all the people that were standing around on that hill that day and he looked down through time and he said Father forgive them for they know not what they do. Father forgive them. How many of us could go through just a tenth of what Jesus went through and asked for forgiveness for our attackers. I mean seriously, sincerely ask God to forgive our attackers. I'm not so sure I could do it. I'm really not sure I could do it because we want to condemn people, we want to blame people, we want to uh, blame all of our failures and all of our times that we come up short and everything that we cause ourselves to go through, we want to blame somebody else because it's easier to blame somebody else than it is to blame ourselves. You know, I've, I've got this thing now, when I'm going through something uh, I take the time to just stop. But, you know, before I get to that point, before I actually wake up, and the Lord says, you know, smacks me up the back of the head and said, you need to realize what's going on here. i I look at it, and there's three three things that's going to come against us. Satan himself. Jesus is going to allow things to come against us to prove us and 80% of the things that we go through in this life is our own fault. We caused it. Barabbas, he, he, he went through so many things, and he was in prison getting ready to be hung upon the cross. He was the third man that was going to hang on the cross that day. They already had three crosses made. He was the third man. And Jesus and God said, no, Bravis, not this time. I've got somebody else that needs to hang on that cross. Hang on that cross to forgive you of your sins and to forgive all mankind of their sins. He looked down through time and he's seen each and every one of us. He knew exactly who was going to be here this morning. He knew exactly what needed to be said this morning to, to help us and to lift us up. Jesus died upon that cross. And you know, the the one one most glorious thing that that there was is that third day when they went to the tomb and there was nobody there. There was nobody there. And I don't know if you all know the story of the napkin that they place over his face. It was a tradition back then, especially uh, even today in some of your high-end restaurants. If you go in and you sit down and you you have your meal, and you fold your napkin and you get up to leave and you get up, the waiters will not take your food because they know by that folded napkin that you're not you're not done yet. But now if you just wad it up and throw it in your plate, then waitresses and the waitress know that it's time to get your plates out from front of me. You're done. So when they went into the tomb on that day, and they went in there, the napkin was folded, laying at the, at the head of where Jesus was laying. He's not done yet. Not by a long shot. He's not done. He has other things in store. He is coming back one of these days, and he's coming back for a people that are ready and waiting. He's coming back for the people that he freed when he went to that cross. He's coming back for the people that used to be like Barabbas that were once out in sin and have figured out that it it is uh, Christ that saves. Christ had just exactly what I was looking for, all the happiness, all the contentment, and all the joy and peace and everything that I I have in my life right now, Jesus gave me that. Let me tell you, back when I was out in sin and I'd go to bed at night and I'd lay my head on a pillow, all these these thoughts would start flooding in my mind about what if a house caught on fire, what if somebody broke in and killed me, what if, what if, and I would toss and turn and it'd take me forever to go to sleep. Now then, most of the time when I go to bed, I, my head don't much more than hit the pillow till I'm sound asleep. And when I go to bed, I always tell Jesus, I always tell my Heavenly Father, I always tell him good night. And I love him before I go to sleep every night. Now, and sleep through the night. Why? Because I have no worries. Because I'm a winner either way. If I go or if I stay. The Lord is on my side. He's rooting for me. He's got my back. He's watching out for me. So I have nothing to worry about. All I have to do is turn myself over to him. And do his will. He will take care of everything else. He's got my life in his hands. God had Jesus' life in his hands. No, Let me tell you right now, God has had me do things that I really would rather not do. But I had to do them anyway. Jesus would would have rather not have had to go through everything that he went went through for you and I, but he also realized that is the only, only possible way that we could be saved that we could truly be saved. To become the ultimate sacrifice, become that one that hung up on that cross between heaven and earth for you and I. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father making the intercession for you and I. He died upon the cross. He took Barabbas' place. He took your place. He took all mankind's place upon that cross so that we could have eternal life and that means we might have life and have it more abundantly and have eternal life. So if you are a child of God this morning, if you are saved, no matter what happens, you're a winner. If you stay here, you've got Jesus on your side, and if you leave this world, you're going to a better place. You're going to a place where that that God is is that Jesus is the light. He is everything, and he should be our everything here. But we we need to make a choice this morning. Do we want the one that we are looking for? Do we want to serve him, or do we want to serve ourselves, serve Satan, uh, have fun, do all the things that the world does and not worry about anything? Not be concerned about everybody else. Just be concerned about ourselves. Yes, we, have, we really have to be concerned with our fellow man if we're going to live for the Lord. Because the Bible says there's two, there's two very important commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And the other one is, is love thy neighbor as thyself. So you and I both know that there is nothing that you would do for something that you need. As long as we follow the Lord, we don't have to worry about these things. As long as we follow the Lord, the Lord will supply our every need. As long as we follow him, we have no worries. But, you know, we we still want to be worried about things. These people, the reason why that they wanted to get rid of jesus is is mostly because of pride, mostly because that Jesus was uh, uh, was having people come to him and to worship him and to lift him up and, and instead of all the governors and all the the uh, all those people that were in power, they were looking to Jesus more than they were looking to him they they were causing he was causing a a a riot uh, if you will he was he was doing things for other people instead of himself he was he was out to heal the sick and he was looking to those that were on the bottom end of the of uh, the spectrum he was looking for those that were downcast the sinners the publicans uh the harlots all of those those were the ones that Jesus came to save those those that really realized that you know that they were wrong they were lost and they were on their way to hell those are the ones that we are that Jesus came looking for he got a, he got made fun of many times because he sat down to eat with the publicans and the sinners he got he got made fun of and talked about because he took up for a harlot one time, a prostitute. But see, Jesus, those are the ones that Jesus came down here to, to save. He didn't, came down, he didn't come down here for the religious world. He didn't come down here for those that were saved. He came down seeking those which were lost, seeking those which were destitute. Those are, those are the people. And you know, I've, I've, I've talked to a lot of Christians and got their testimonies. And I tell you what, they, they some of them, it's just been just as low as they can go. And the Lord reached down for them. He had no problem reaching down for them. He wanted to reach down for them. God wants to save everybody. Are we wanting to be saved? Or do we like for the life we're living? Do we like where we are at? Do we like being uh, insurrectionists, uh, uh, rebels, sinners, murderers? Do we like doing those things? Backtalkers, gossipers. Do we like being those things? Do you really like those things? I mean, ask yourself that question. Barabbas, he liked being those things. I don't know. It, uh, Barabbas is not spoken of anymore after this. I have no idea what he done after this. But I know that there was one thief, thief hanging on that cross. That, I, that he went into paradise with Jesus. Because Jesus looked over and told him, said, this day thou will be in paradise with me. He went, he He basically uh, confessed his sins to Jesus and and to the other guy. The other guy was making fun of Jesus, and, and the other thief went off on him and told him, said, this man has no reason to be here. You and I both, we deserve exactly what we got, but this guy, this man does not deserve this. But yet we, as children of God, we try our best to put him back on that cross. You'll say, well, how do you do that? Because we are doing the same thing that the people did there that day. We are denying him. We We don't want to obey him. We don't want to praise him. We don't want to lift him up. We are wanting to be set off back in the corner somewhere and be saved and be satisfied and waiting on him to come back and get us. when we should be out telling the world. Telling the world exactly what he has done for us. Telling the world about how that he saved us, what he brought us from. How that he died upon that cross so that we may live. How that he He took time out of his, he came down from glory. He had it made. He was in heaven. He had no need of nothing. He felt no pain. He felt no Uh, He was never cold or hot, too cold or too hot. He was in a perfect place, and he decided to come down one day and walk upon this earth. You know, this thought came to me many years, or a few years ago, and I can just imagine Jesus and the Father talking. And they're fit, trying to figure out exactly what they need to do for man to be saved and not have to go through all the animal sacrifices. When Jesus said, well, I could, I could become the these ultimate sacrifice. I can go down and I can become that ultimate sacrifice and if they, they come to me, then I will, I will save them and I will, I will give them a better place. God said, okay. He said, let's do that. But Jesus said, Father, there's one thing. I've got to spend some time with these people. I've got to know what it's like to be these people. I've got to know exactly what it's like to be hot. I need to know exactly what it's like to be cold. I need to know exactly what it feels like to be talked about and to be run down and made fun of. I need to know exactly what it." feels like to be hungry I need to know what it feels like to be rejected I need to know exactly what they're going through so that I may I may teach them and I can deliver them and I can help them through these things experience experience is the best teacher so Lord I I need to know exactly what it's, it's like to be Ted Johnson I need to know exactly what it's like to be you, no matter who you are. So Jesus came down, and he spent 33 and a third years on this earth knowing just exactly what it's like to be you and I this morning. That's not. Anybody got any questions or comments this morning? Thank you all for listening.